Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This is a chance for local people or people with a local connection to sit down and talk about what is going on with them in the Fishers community. This is a part of my local Fishers Indiana News blog that began in January of 2012. I started these podcasts in 2016 and have been going ever since. Now, here's the latest edition of the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at Fisher City Hall, and City Hall is the center of our discussion for the podcast today. I'd like to welcome back Scott Fadness, Mayor here at Fishers, and Elliot Hultgren, the Deputy Mayor. And they have both been working for some months now on City Hall. So there's so much to say about this. I'll say early on that when I moved to Fishers in 1991, this building we're in now wasn't even finished. It had, and it was uh, occupied in '91. Later in the year, when I uh, after I moved here, so this building has been around since 1991, and now we have a new phase. And Mayor, it was almost one year ago that you told the city council it was never something you had as a priority to build a new city hall, but you were faced with a decision, and you kind of gave chapter and verse why it's needed. You know, we have people moving in and out of Fishers all the time, even though I've, I've reported on this for a year and lots of other media people have too. Let's take this opportunity for you to explain to the community why Fishers needs a new city hall and an arts facility as part of that. Sure, uh, you're correct in that. This was never a top priority from my perspective. Uh, however, that being said, we do not want to waste taxpayer dollars. And our building maintenance team was getting to a point, and it's been this conversation for several years now, where there's some fundamental concerns or issues with this building. Uh, for First and foremost, it's sinking on one side. That's always an ongoing joke around here, but half the building is sinking. So if you were... If you were facing the, if you were facing City Hall from 116th Street, the left side of the building, the west side, if you will, has been sinking for some years. In fact, if you go over to the the wing here, we could show you where the floor has buckled uh, from that sinking. And we've tried to stabilize it multiple times, and just hasn't worked. That, along with massive amounts of HVAC upgrades, electrical deficiencies. Um, and just general um, upkeep and maintenance has led to a very large bill to just get this building up to some sort of livable and practicable standard for the foreseeable future. And by the time we looked at that, we said, well, is that really the best return on investment for taxpayers? And ultimately decided it wasn't. I thought it was uh, interesting that the first part of the building that started to sink was the engineering department. That's, that is, uh, that's correct. If you sit in one of their chairs you're, and it has wheels on it, you're likely to roll to one side of the building. Let me bring Elliot, Elliot Hultgren into this because uh, the mayor told me last December in a podcast about the process that was planned to put uh, the project together for a new city hall and arts center. And one thing the mayor emphasized to me at the time is that the idea was not just to bring in architects and engineers, but everyone that would be involved in procurement. So you would have an architect, for instance, may have one idea, but maybe the materials may not be available or may take two years to get them. I remember I was uh, when I lived in Columbus, Indiana, when they built their new city hall, 
Of course, Columbus was famous for having famous architects uh, put the buildings together where the Cummins Foundation always paid the architectural fees, but sometimes they couldn't find the materials the architect wanted. They had to go out for bids twice before they were able to finally uh, get the materials they needed uh, and within the, the budget they had. So what I'd like you to do is talk about the process. You were involved in this uh, from beginning to end uh, when you brought everybody together, the people that the city had hired to do this, and uh, tell us how you went through the process to get to the point you're at now. Yeah, absolutely, Larry. So you're right. We have Delve and Myrnasium uh, won the RFP back in November of 2021 uh, to go about uh, uh, designing and constructing our new arts and municipal complex. But uh, there are several entities involved uh, in this process. And so they've got a variety of consultants. We've got theater design consultants. Uh, we've got uh, ISC. We're working with the Indiana Arts Council as far as that goes. And we've got our city staff and a variety of other partners so that we ensure that this building uh, is designed uh, for the people uh, and is designed with a couple different uh, factors in mind. It's, uh, it's a civic building, so it should have uh, that Indiana limestone look to it, uh, to your point on, on what kind of materials we use for it, but it should also be modern. It should be a 2022 building as well as a 2050 building. And so what that looks like and how that feels and how, that, uh, how the people interact with it, uh, we wanna make sure that we bring in a wide variety of folks uh, to make sure that that becomes a reality. It was a very um, lengthy procurement process. Um, I would say it lasted the better part of two or three months where an RFP was put out on the street. We had several teams pitch their, and when they came in, they came in with fairly sophisticated uh, proposals that had renderings and concepts and how they would go about delivering the project. And there was a team of Elliot and there's a, we had probably what, seven or eight yeah. people on our team. We would listen to all these pitches and then go back and debate which ones we thought were the best. We narrowed it down to two. We refined and asked them to go back and and come up with an even better design. So it was it was an extensive process. Yeah, and Elliot, uh, it's interesting. I went to cover a finance city council finance committee meeting. They're not always the most exciting. A lot of numbers <laughs> pounced around. I mean, I try That's to work fair. some news out of it, and sometimes there is. And I had no idea that you were going to you know, all of a sudden show us the renderings, which had just been shared with only a few people at that point. Have you had any any feedbacks uh, from the renderings and that uh, you've put out there so far? No, not yet. Uh, and that was a little bit by design. So we're talking about the financial component last Wednesday at Finance Community Meeting. And so I felt it appropriate to show a little bit, right, give them a taste of the renderings. Uh, but tonight at the work session at City Council, uh, Dell will come in along with Myron Asian and we'll show uh, more of the renderings uh, so you start to get a real feel for what this building uh, can and will be but uh, they got a little taste of just uh, an exterior uh, from the front and the back last Wednesday. It's not an enviable position Larry to be in like deciding what <clears throat> the city's foremost public building should look like is uh, an interesting exercise because uh, you want to hit the right tone of who we are, who we aspire to be. How does it fit with downtown? Is it practical? Is it functional? Um, those are all kind of big conversations for us as we tried to figure out what is the right fit. And some of the proposals were um, exceptionally modern. I mean, really aggressive uh, to the. And you know, we we find ourselves to be pretty aggressive and, and entrepreneurial, but some of them are. You know, I don't, I don't know a if we could. Far yeah, out for you. Yeah, that, that would light up social media talking about that. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting uh, process to go through. 
I want to stay with you, Mayor, because uh, the briefing that Elliot uh, did provide to the Finance Committee put the price tag on City Hall and the arts uh, facility uh, together at, I think, $22.8 million as it stands right now. So he explained this. I'll give you a chance to explain it here, how you plan to finance this project without depleting cash reserves and without increasing the city's part of the property tax. There's really two pieces of that. Um, we've been planning for some time for these capital expenditures, so we've built into our long-range um, bond strategy and our tax rate strategy the ability to pay for City Hall without raising taxes. So. There's a, a component of this that will be a general obligation bond to the tune of $17 million, let's say. That will have no tax rate implication. We're not gonna raise taxes to be able to do that. We can absorb it within our current tax rate structure. The other piece of this, we, when we first got the federal funds for the relief package from the federal government for COVID, it's roughly $6.9 million. You know, there were people that wanted to just run out and spend that money that day. And what we had advocated to the city council was, look, let's slow down. Let's think about this strategically. Remember, it's one-time money. This isn't, you're not going to be able to have this recurring revenue stream going forward. So let's really think creatively about where we can maximize our return on investment. And so as we started developing our overall financial strategy, we said, hey, this art center and and we can talk a little bit about how it actually generates long-term ongoing revenue. But this art center is a one-time historic investment in our public art infrastructure uh, here in our community, and we thought it was appropriate to use those funds for something like this. And, uh, and so the combination of the $6 million from ARP funds and the $17 million bond will adequately fund uh, the new city hall. And Elliot, you talked about this at the... Uh finance committee meeting as the mayor said uh, that 6.3 million dollars is the lion's share of the ARP money and you explained to the council the, the, and and, uh, and some of the staff as well how it, at first it wasn't clear that the city could use this money for something like a city hall arts facility and it was later on as the treasury provided more guidance that you were you had the latitude to do this explain how that worked Larry that's correct right so in the american recovery plan uh, money first became available. It was fairly restrictive in four different buckets of money. Uh, and then earlier this year, uh, the uh, Treasury Department intentionally broadened uh, that scope uh, to include just about everything. Uh, and so to the mayor's point, uh, it's a great opportunity for one-time money to really meet a need uh, for our residents and for our community. And this isn't just something, uh, the arts isn't something that we just came up with here, right? We, uh, we put a survey out about 18 months ago and along with an indoor walking trail, uh, the top two uh, requested amenities for our community were the arts, and a, uh, an opportunity and a place to create art and to view art and to interact with art. And so we're really just uh, meeting the demand and the need of our community uh, with this one-time use of money. And, Mayor, the, the, let's talk about that component of it. It'll be a city hall, but there will also be this arts component. You'll have an auditorium of 250 seats. And from what I've been talking to people around town, they seem to think that's about the right size for a facility here in Fishers. And there will also be areas where you can take art classes and, and, and there will be other arts-oriented uh, space there. But you mentioned that there's the, the, the at least potential for some money to be generated. Explain that. Yeah, so first and foremost, I would honestly say that this is going to be an art center with a few offices above it. I really believe that 
Um, City Hall isn't going to be the prominent feature uh, so much as this really vibrant location for arts. So our ability to strike a, an arrangement with the Indianapolis Arts Center to create a, an operator's agreement where they will come in and run the art center. Uh, with that, there's an agreement that says there'll be some sort of revenue share. So annually, if they run these courses and run these classes and they generate X amount of revenue, a certain portion of that will come back to the city of Fishers. It's my proposal and, and uh, idea to take that revenue and dedicate it exclusively for public art ongoing. And so what I love about this concept is that we're not only making a one-time historic investment in public art, but the relationship that we have with the Indianapolis Art Center will allow us to generate revenue recurring every year that can continually reinvest in public art here in our city. So um, we think it's a real win-win um, for our community and for those folks who value and appreciate art. And I'll stay with you for a moment, Mayor. Uh, city Councilor Jocelyn Barrett, the City Council Finance Committee meeting, uh, brought up issues such as you know, the fact that uh, there uh, there's not going to be much involvement by the City Council. The City Council has more or less uh, approved a, a resolution allowing you as the mayor to, to move forward on this. She was concerned about whether there will be public hearings, whether there'll be input uh, from the local arts people as well as uh, people outside of Fishers as far as the arts are concerned. So uh, how do you plan to involve the public as you move forward with the final designs on this? Yeah, I mean, I think we're in, these are always interesting comments or critiques. I mean, when we, we come to a meeting and introduce an idea and they say, well, we haven't had an opportunity to talk to the public, it's that's why we're in the meeting introducing the idea to the public. So, you know, finance committee was let's introduce – to the public and to our residents the financial strategy behind the facility. Tonight, we're going to introduce to council the concept and the vision of it. And then there have been a number of discussions being held by our team internally with leaders from the arts community here in Fishers about this very concept. And we'll continue to have those discussions. And look, I think we're, we're going into this with the opportunity that um, there's going to be ongoing engagement with our arts community, not just today or tomorrow or through the construction of this project, but in perpetuity. There should be this mutual relationship between our local arts community and the Indianapolis Arts Center. I think for me, strategically, um, I've always wanted to try to put people in the right position who are naturally inclined to do very well in those environments. The Indianapolis Arts Center has a century's worth of proven ability to provide those services. And so, you know, for us, could we build that from scratch and try to hire people and piece that together? Perhaps. But honestly, I don't think we would be able to execute or bring to bear the quality and the caliber and the breadth of services that the Indianapolis Arts Center will be able to bring. So, you know, the key there is collaboration. And I think that tone has been set from day one and will continue to do so in perpetuity. And Elliot, you presented a piece of data I had not heard before at that finance committee meeting that a number of people at the Indianapolis Arts Center taking classes have Fisher's zip codes. Yeah, it's about 1,500 uh, between 46037 and 46038 in the past 12 months uh, have paid for and taken classes out of the IAC's broader pole campus. Uh, so the survey is one data point, and the proof's in the pudding. We have folks from Fishers right now uh, going to uh, create and enjoy the arts uh, at a different ISC campus. So to bring that 
locally here right in our, our home city is a, is a great opportunity. Staying with you, Elliot, for a moment, the timeline you provided at the Finance Committee meeting calls for construction of the new City Hall to begin in October of this year, ribbon cutting on the new City Hall and Arts Facility March of 2024. But you also talked about something that will happen to this building once the employees vacated before it is actually demolished, and that has to do with police and fire. Yeah, there's a couple of things we're going to do. First, our uh, IT team will get in here and we'll pull every single cable and uh, in, in piece of existing hardware that we can reuse in our new arts municipal complex going forward. So we'll need a couple of weeks to do that. And then we'll give our public safety teams an opportunity to come in here and practice uh, a variety of different scenarios. So we'll give those folks uh, two to four weeks to, to knock that out. Uh, great opportunity for them. And then uh, this staff will be relocated to a variety of different locations, our existing city services building, uh, some remote work, launch fishers, and we'll take down some small square feet, uh, square footage over at the first internet bank as well uh, before we ultimately knock this building down in October and start to reconstruct. And that was my uh, next question for the mayor, because you are, as, as Elliot just said, the staff is going to be spread out a bit. Some departments will be crammed into the city services building, the old, the old police headquarters, if people don't know what I'm talking about. By the way, that building is not sinking. It's in good shape, as I understand Doing well. it. So uh, you'll have some staff there that's crowding people in. You'll have launch fishers where people can work. And I assume you and your staff will be at the uh, new First Internet Bank headquarters, which is opening soon, literally across 16th, 116th Street. So uh, how much of your staff, how many people do you expect to be over at First Internet Bank? Not very many. I think nine. I think nine or ten. Uh, literally, I think we're renting 2,000 square feet. Um, we COVID provided us an insight into the ability to work remotely, so we feel fairly confident that we can continue to function and deliver services. The good news is we have already transitioned where the majority of people who come here to process a payment or fill out a permit already go to the city services building already. The amount of foot traffic that actually comes in and out of City Hall is pretty limited. Uh, so we feel fairly confident that we can work remotely and in a variety of different locations and really limit the relocation costs uh, to, to the smallest amount possible. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I work with uh, doing communications for the group that uh, represents federal employees, and they are now the opposite way. They're bringing people back into the offices now as they've been under evacuation order for two years in the federal government. And the reason I mention that is you're going the other way, and, and uh, you've already been through this once. Uh, is it, and you don't have to get into the weeds, but in general, are people going to be like working from home all the time, just going in and out of the office, some days in the office, some days at home or at another location? I think it's a bit of a hybrid. Yeah. You'll have some people who will work every day from a different location. Um, then there's others who may come into the office one day a week or two days a week to meet up with their team. And then there's others who will be primarily remote. It'll, it'll run the continuum. Um, but we, we feel confident that we can continue to deliver services and not have any interruption. I'd say launch fishers. I mean, my gosh, they have conference rooms all, yeah, all over the absolutely. place. Yeah. Lots of room. And, and that's where uh, a lot of our uh, city council meetings and things like that will be uh, at launch fishers moving forward. Of course, you can always hang out at the coffee shop. Yeah, always exactly. enjoy the coffee there. Uh, Elliot, this question is more of a finance one. The mayor can chime in on this, too, if he wishes. Interest rates are on the rise does that have any impact in your timeline as far as bringing debt on? Yeah, uh, interest rates are certainly uh, on the rise. Inflation's uh, trending in the wrong direction as well. 
so it's the time is now um, for us to, to to take this on before uh, things get too terribly worse. Uh, if we could, we go back 12 months uh, and have pulled the trigger on this project. Um, but uh, we're still confident in our ability now uh, to take on this debt again without. Uh, any effect on our tax rate, any effect on our existing cash balance as well. Yeah, and actually financing costs uh, have been very low for 11 years now For because when you have a city government, it, uh, your, your, the money you borrow is backed by property taxes. And, mm-hmm. and just with the way the state runs their financial shop, uh, it's most of your interest rates are way less than one. It's almost free money. It it's has almost been. free. Short-term now, money has been uh, that way. I would say you know, 30-year notes – you're in that two to three percent, but still over 30 years. That's uh, incredible rates. You know, the feds are talking about raising rates another four or five times yet this year. Uh, and so each time that they do that, there's an adverse impact on our ability to borrow money. And so to Elliot's point, that's why we do have a, we, we looked at a variety of different financial strategies, some delaying the um, issuance of the bonds until later dates. But ultimately, we decided that now is the time to go from just from an interest rate insecurity standpoint, like, hey, I don't know that it's going to get any better than it is today. So let's let's move forward and and, uh, get this done. And uh, to tag something that Elliot just said, uh, inflation also has an impact on this because you are going to be going out for bids. Are you confident you can keep this within the budget? Well, yeah, I think so. And part of that is the way that we procured this. So we, we're not just talking to an architect when we're, we're working through these processes. It's the architect and the construction team. And so literally there have been ongoing discussions about certain materials that end up costing way more than what that we thought they were going to. Do we need to make a design change? The nice thing about the way we've procured it, they're all at the table having this discussion. So um, Elliot and uh, Ashley Elrod and Jennifer Messer and a team of our people are in these meetings every couple of weeks, Jordan Alexander, and they're the ones working through those discussions. Literally every week or two, we're getting updated numbers, updated decisions to make sure we can drive to that final uh, bid price. And those meetings have been uh, really productive. And to the mayor's point, there's a little bit of this natural friction between the architect uh, and the construction company. And it's healthy and it's great. Uh, and it's uh, been the three uh, entities, the city of Fishers, uh, the architect and the construction firm, uh, and all those meetings and all that dialogue. Uh, and it's been really great. And I think in addition to inflation, there's one more component that's a little interesting that's, uh, in our existing environment uh, is supp- uh, supply chain issues. And so they're looking at uh, materials and, hey, is this material able to be uh, acquired in a six-month time frame? Or can we get it now? Or do we need to make some different adjustments? So all those conversations have been ongoing with uh, all parties. So you did find some uh, benefit in having all everybody in the same room at the same time. Absolutely. So that did help. Mayor, I want to just uh, talk about another aspect of what's going on, not just this project, but at the same time, uh, nearly a year ago, when you talked uh, with the city council about moving forward, you and, and Elliot uh, did uh, touch on this, there's a community center also being planned. It's a much bigger project. When we talked, I think back in December, you put the cost of that at about $40 million. But I've been hearing rumors that that price tag has gone up for a variety of reasons. So explain where we're at now on that community center, which uh, Elliot talked about having indoor trails or indoor walking paths, but there's a lot more to it than that. Where are we at on on that project? Uh, We're in a similar phase. We're probably... 
30 to 45 days away, maybe 60 days away from any kind of formal rollout of that project. It'll follow the same pattern where we'll have a financial discussion with the council to understand the strategy. We do think the number's higher than 40 million. We haven't landed on the exact number yet because we're still value engineering, but it's gonna be higher than 40 million. Um, we're excited about that project. We think it's gonna be transformative for our residents. I think it's something they're gonna be very, very excited about. Uh, and we, we hope to have more information on that probably in the June-July time frame. Um, we really wanted to get this project just because of the pace. We think we can get this done quicker than the uh, community center. That's going to be, a, like to your point, a much bigger project. Do you have uh, attractive land in, in mind, or, or we, do, are you uh, have more than one? We're entertaining a few different ones uh, at the moment, and until we close on any one particular one, we're not going to disclose where that would be located, but we are working on a few different locations. How, how many acres are you looking at? About 20. That's a big project. Yeah, That's it is. A, it's big. a big project, yeah. I mean, the building itself obviously doesn't take up that much space, but... You know, uh, to allow for future expansion and then other ancillary activations, whether that's a dog park or splash pad or what have you, you want to make sure you have enough elbow room for that. Well, uh, I've tried to ask as many questions as I can about the City Hall uh, Art Center project. Uh, maybe didn't ask every question. Elliot, is there anything you'd like to chime in on here before we wrap this part of the discussion up? Yeah, no, Larry, I just appreciate the opportunity to come in and talk about it today. I'm really excited for the building. Uh, I think ultimately, again, it's a building for the people. Uh, and this, this current City Hall that we're in is uh, tired. Uh, and to the mayor's point, there's a lot of uh, existing issues with it, which just uh, no longer makes it attractive to maintain it. But I think the new facility and new building that we'll see on this grounds uh, opening in 2024 will truly be a building for all residents to come and interact. Uh, and City Hall really will be kind of a secondary component uh, to this space in this downtown corridor. Mayor? Yeah, I think Elliot hit the nail on the head. I mean, I can't wait for a Saturday morning uh, farmer's market and having the garage doors rolled up and you see all these folks taking art classes. And the other day we had a group of third graders here uh, from one of our elementary schools. And I thought it was so refreshing to walk into City Hall and see literally hundreds of kids and parents learning about their local government and engaging with it. You know, for a long time, and COVID certainly made it worse, but yeah. City Hall seemed a bit isolated. There's just there's no reason for a lot of people to walk in here, and there should be. There should be a place where Fisher's residents feel as it's they take a part ownership in it. So I think with bringing the arts community in concert with City Hall, I really hope we can create this level of engagement that is yet to be seen uh, just, in the current facility. Just one little little uh, question about City Hall for the mayor here. I have been to Carmel City Hall. I've been to Noblesville City Hall. Those are our neighboring cities. Yeah. Indianapolis has a whole other set of issues with, yeah, yeah, right. with where they're going to have yeah. their center of government. I'm not even going to get into that. But I think both Carmel and Noblesville had a certain feel, a certain way they wanted to express themselves in those buildings. Uh, do you have a thought about how Fishers wants to express itself in this building? Well, um, it's, a, it's collective discussion from the team, so I wouldn't say it's just mine, but... Um, I think Noblesville and Carmel are very institutional buildings, which is traditional of government. It feels like an institutional building. I don't believe our building, if it's executed on correctly and there's the type of programming that we're going to have, it's probably not going to feel like any city hall anywhere around here that you would think of. Like you're, You could be walking past a window of people 
throwing clay pots um, on your way to a meeting uh, with city government officials. Like that's a very different different feel. But I, I think it's uh, very much who we are uh, as a community. It's uh, different, unorthodox, maybe a little more entrepreneurial, hopefully a lot more vibrant and engaging, and uh, and that's really what we are pursuing. Before we finish this podcast, I want to ask you about someone who has been on the public stage in Fisher since, well, since I started the blog in 2012. It wasn't long after I started that Launch Fishers was a point of discussion with the town council. You were town manager, and John Wexler and you got together and started this thing called launch fishers with a few hundred thousand dollars of uh, seed money from the town and the town uh, council was fully supportive of you at the time launch fishers has now grown into what it is in a new building for several years uh, we have the iot lab john wexler's been behind that we, we also have uh, the test kitchen at uh, fishers district originally called the yard uh, he was very much a part of that. So John Wexler is now going to step aside from his leadership role. I understand he'll still be involved to be on the board of, mm-hmm. of uh, Launch Fishers, for example. He's not walking away entirely, but he is from his leadership role. So talk about how you and John Wexler have worked together on all these projects. You know, I, as I look back on my tenure here, um, I don't know that I could come up with another idea or initiative or movement that had more impact on our city's ability to create a really dynamic commerce center. You know, John, when he first started talking to me way back in the day, I think we were kindred spirits in in trying to pursue this idea of an entrepreneurial city. And it has surpassed anything that I would have ever imagined back then with him. And he's put a tremendous amount of time and energy into trying to create that on behalf of our community. And uh, for that, I'll always be uh, grateful to him. I think what's so exciting to me about his next chapter is John is a serial entrepreneur. And uh, I think there's no better transition uh, to speak to who John is than for him. You know, when we sat down at lunch and he basically said, hey, look, I've got something cooking. I wanna, I wanna go pursue this. I wanna be an entrepreneur again, and uh, and I, but I still wanna be helpful to the Launch Fishers movement. So I'm excited, frankly, to see what he does next. And I hope whatever he creates, he creates it here in our city, and he'll continue to be a champion for this community. And uh, again, for our local economy, uh, he has been hugely impactful and. Uh, I think we should all be grateful to him for that. Scott Badness is the mayor of Fishers. Elliot Hultgren is the deputy mayor. We are talking mostly about the new city hall and arts facility. We're recording this in the morning of April the 18th, and the city council will be briefed in detail about these plans later in the day. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you like the podcast, please let others know. You can find it on most platforms where you go for podcasts. Just search using this phrase, Podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. Also, if you listen on a platform such as iTunes, please take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. So thanks for listening, and please be safe and be kind. Mm